You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. I am your host, Darren Eubanks. Thank you for joining me once again. Are you getting geared up for Christmas? It's almost here. Christmas is, it's actually upon us. I'm... As I'm recording this right now, we just uh, decided to shut down my place of work for tomorrow because it's going to be freaking cold. And then we're right into Christmas break. So I got about five days off here. And this is, uh, this is a good time. This is a good time of the year. Do you have big plans? You spending time with family? Are you staying home? Are you traveling? What are you doing? I pray that you have a blessed time doing it. On this episode, I sit down once again with Pastor Devin Leichner of Ark Church in Wichita, Kansas, and we're going to continue our Prioritizing the Things of God series. We talked about prioritizing the house of God last time we chatted. We talked about the importance of the church the importance of the body of Christ, the importance of faithfully gathering with your brothers and sisters in Christ and encouraging each other to do so. We talked about why that is an important part of the Christian walk. This week, we're talking about prioritizing the Word of God. We're going to discuss the importance of knowing, understanding, and desiring The scriptures, the Bible, the word of God, the inspired word of God, the logos, as they say. Again, I believe this is one of those kingdom principles that is just so important. Is this a a heaven and hell issue? No. Is this a salvation issue? I don't think so. Is this a sin issue? Not necessarily in my opinion. This is a kingdom principle principle. This is uh, something that I believe is, is in place for us to grow in our faith and in our walk with the Lord. And I believe it's vitally important. And I hope that this episode steers you in a direction that you also see the scriptures. You see the word of God as something worth desiring, something worth going after, something worth trusting in, And I believe you will see some amazing fruit in your life from that. So buckle up. We're going to get into it again. This episode's brought to you by the Kingdom Bringer merch store. You can find it at kingdombringer.com or check out the link in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this. Go on there, buy yourself a shirt, buy a mug, buy a hat, 
all of that goes to support Kingdom Bringer, what we're doing through the podcast, through the blogs that I will get going again, and through social media stuff. You can follow me at Darren.Eubanks on Instagram, Darren Eubanks on Facebook. I like to build up and encourage the body of Christ, the body of Christ to be everything they were created to be. Remember, that's the sole purpose of this thing. That's the whole reason that I do this podcast. The whole reason that I post on social media is to build up and encourage you, the body of Christ. I want to encourage you guys in your walk, encourage you in your faith to keep going. It's worth it. And without further ado, let's get right into this. This is episode 92, Prioritizing the Word of God with Pastor Devin Leichner. Be blessed. I am excited to have you on again. I've been, I've been on this kick where I wanted to discuss and kind of have a series about prioritizing the things of God. And last time you and I got together, we, we talked about prioritizing the house of God and the importance of the body of Christ, the local body of Christ, the church, the building, the assembling, all of those Mm -hmm. things. And I felt like it was exactly what I was looking for. I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful that you came on to do that. And then I reached out to you again. I've got a few more prioritizing things that I'd really like us to discuss and go through. And one of them for me, this season that I'm in, man, I was so awoken to the word of God and the the power of the word. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely one of the things that I, I recognize when I met you and in your ministry is your guys's emphasis on the word of God. Um, Yes. And you, you believe that it's, it's, it's power (laughs) and you believe that it's uh, the thing to, to stand on. And so no better, no better person for me to talk to about prioritizing the word of God than, than Devin Leichner. So thanks again for coming on. Of course. If, if there's any compliment that I'd like to receive would be that I want to be somebody that's known for the word. Yeah. I think it's important for us, man, to have a, if if we don't have something to stand on, mm-hmm. everything else shifts, you know, everything yep. else, feelings, yep. culture, everything else is going to change from one decade to the next, from one generation yeah. to the next. And, yeah. and, and the God, scripture even talks about that, that he yeah. doesn't uh, shift like, you know, shadows, you know, and he was telling us that in his word. That's why we stand on it. Have you, have you mm-hmm. noticed um, last time we, we talked, we talked about the deconstruction thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed a, a lack of emphasis being put on the word of God, maybe even specifically inside of the church? You know, I, uh, if there's anything that I have noticed over the last, I'd say 15 years for sure, maybe 20 is what led me to do something different for our online streaming is there is so much worship that's out there. Now, when I was a kid, I'm 47. So, I mean, I'm, I come from the days when Christian music, uh, we had Carmen 
Yeah. <laughs> and that was about That's it. Right, you know, yeah. Petra, yeah. maybe, yeah. you know, Striper yeah. was like yeah. a little out there. Like my dad was like, what are those guys look like Def Leppard? Half like, what? of us liked so, it. Half of us thought it was the yep, devil. Exactly. <laughs> so, but then there came uh, this wave of worship probably 15 years ago, modern worship. And, you know, there's a lot of modern Christians, I would say, that they'll say, well, I just love the worship. I just want the worship. And there's, obviously something to that because the bible says that god inhabits the praises of his people but i did see a shifting of every streaming service or or anything going on was so hyper focused on worship that they're left little time for truth or the word and you know when your soul is hungry for something from god maybe there's a time when you what they call it offering the sacrifice of praise it's tough to praise but yeah man the healing that the word brings that's also in the word it's it's the healing of the word the watering of the word to your soul uh is where you get your help in those dry seasons so in uh january of 2020 we we'd never been online before and i i think i spoke this last time in our podcast that it was such a supernatural thing that god spoke to me in october of of 2019 and said it's time to buy online equipment and we bought it all before January of 2020. Uh, I hadn't even really, nobody was really talking much about the COVID thing. It was just breaking out. So we, we went online, uh, obviously during COVID times and we were already prepared. A lot of people couldn't get equipment. Stuff was on back order. We'd already gotten it. Thanks be to God. And we started out with, and this is kind of the the long answer to your question, but we started with worship because we, I would say we have, I'm a musician. I've been in probably 30 different states. My father ministered in 5,000 different churches as an evangelist, and I was able to see it all. And I, I would say we have pretty good worship at our church. I mean, we've got great talent. We've got wonderful people, anointed people, and it's good worship. So we started out as like, man, we're going to capitalize on that. And I bought a whole separate mix so that we could, I feel like if you're going to do worship online, you got to do it right, yeah. you know, because especially recorded stuff. You could hear the pitch and tone so much better than live. So I bought a whole separate mix so that we could mix the online, make it right. And, you know, we went on with worship. Then I started feeling the Holy spirit speak to me that that wasn't going to be our focus. And so I was looking at different churches and places where, you know, I would think we're solid. And, um, I was like, I don't know that that's our, thing because i would scrub past 55 minutes of worship to get to that's good i want to see what they're saying in the church what they're because everybody can sing the blessing from carrie job everybody uh, every church is doing what's what's new and and, but to see what they're saying and if they have if they're standing on truth i'd scrub past all that you know i can listen to that on my own but man the churches that are putting out truth word of god preaching i felt were far few and in between so i pulled the worship off to answer your question we don't even have worship on our streaming anymore i just feel like what this generation needs is the truth of the word of god there is enough worship i can't have enough worship myself i'm not saying that i love worship but what i felt like god was leading us to is where churches are focusing a lot on worship I feel like there needs to be a greater focus on the word of God. And so that's what we're doing because that's just, 
to answer your question, I do see that. I yeah. see hyper-focused worship. This is our team. This is our music. Everybody can get good at it. And now you can buy all the equipment to make even mediocre musicians and singers sound okay. Yeah. But, uh, but man, the preaching of the word is what this generation is lacking. And so I, I have seen a pullback from that, but that's the reason why right where, now we're doing it differently. Where'd that come from for you, man? Like when, in your life, what is the, uh, the emphasis on the word of God was, how is that? Is that something that's always been prevalent in your life? I know you're, I think ministry family and stuff like that, but where'd that come from? I think it came from the background of seeing my father ministered all these churches and quite honestly we'd go and my dad's a good a great preacher and we'd go to these places and they would have worship for an hour and then i mean they'd bring my dad in to speak and to preach the word and there'd be times when even when i was invited to churches because we have a, a, you know a pretty slamming youth group and we've done that for 30 years and i've been invited to numerous churches to help with their youth program and they would have all of this worship and all and a lot of the kids that needed to hear the word or to be saved are standing around you know they kind of got what i call the platform worship they're just kind of holding you know their hands up and for an hour at a time I, sometimes i would go into church and just say excuse me i and they're like oh and they'd hand me the mic and i'd be like listen i've got something to say yeah. you know and i would speak the word and kids get saved they yeah. hit the altars whereas they're not really reacting in the worship i feel like you have to balance the two of worship and the word better than what's being balanced in this generation right now. So I guess it comes from seeing so many churches try to focus on the music and the worship. And uh, I think there needs to be a, a real focus on the word of God in the house, using the worship to prepare for the word to be planted in your heart, you know? So I think it comes from seeing, uh, an incorrect balance, if you will, of, of worship. And then, okay, we're going to leave a few minutes to say a few things, but you know, what do you think uh, happens, man? What do you think happens when there's that, that unbalance, you know, what's what nobody just, knows the truth. They, they yeah. don't, there's not uh, time for the truth, right? <laughs> well, you, <laughs> you pursue, you pursue the worship, which that's where, you know, a lot of people think, well, I feel, I feel better and listen to worship. I, I focus on worship. I worship God. And then he speaks to me, but I'm going to tell you in times of when we're trying to look at building the church that I want to build, the type of church people, when they're facing battles, giants, circumstances, uh, you can play a worship song all day long. You might feel a little bit better, but the promise that you're standing on yeah. is what becomes the most powerful thing in your life at that moment. What did God say about this, you know, about this sickness, about this you know, happening in my life. And so I think when there's an incorrect balance of, of worship over the word, there is a lack of knowing the word for when you're facing the giants. That's good. You know? No, that's good. You know, and I've, I come from a culture, man, and I've, I helped build cultures of, of worship environments, believing that, and it is, it is the word. And you know, this, that he inhabits the praises of his people. Mm -hmm. And I, I've just always stood on when we worship, Jesus shows up, right? And there's mm -hmm. that soaking culture of I'm going to soak in the presence of God. And it's that yep. that presence, presence, presence. And I agree with that 100%. But I believe now, like where, where the Lord's brought me, and it's that, it's that hunger for truth that says when Jesus shows up, he's going to say something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? it's true. 
Well, well, take Ezekiel 37, for instance. We're facing a generation of dry bones. I mean, let's just be real. I'm ministering to teenagers still on Wednesday night and busting them in. They know nothing. They don't even know basic Bible stories. They're dead dry bones. When God brought Ezekiel to the Valley of Dry Bones, he didn't say, hold a worship service for me. He said, speak the word. And he's like, Lord, only you know what to say. And then he spoke a word. And then Ezekiel said, so I spoke, (laughs) you know, and when he spoke a word, uh, the word that had come from God, the, the dry bones stood up, you know, and flesh came upon them and then God put the breath in them. So there is something to say for the speaking of the word. There is nothing like speaking the word of God. That's why the Bible says it is a two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what you pull out when you go to battle. It's not, it's not going to be just the worship. It's going to be that coupled with standing on a promise from the word of God. He, He says he puts the value of his word above his own that's name, good. you know, that's good. So, yeah. So how much value is that? Yeah. Yeah. Good. You know, and I, I feel like this deconstruction culture, I think that one thing that it's, it's kind of a, uh, it's a pushback in my opinion, the deconstruction thing is a pushback against tradition. It's a pushback against, mm-hmm. you know, and with a lot of the woke culture that we've seen, but I think one of the things that's a pushback mm-hmm. against is the one man, ministry sure you know that right because we always had this idea that there's there's one pastor and he's in leadership and he has authority and so it's this deconstruction thing is a pushback against authority i think a little bit and so with that comes i'm not going to be a part of a church that has one man telling me things sure and so there's this weird inability to be underneath any kind of spiritual leadership right underneath any kind of spiritual authority that mm-hmm. and and with that you're missing out on the word right from the man of mm-hmm. god from the priest from the the leader and it's sure it, it's all about personal stuff yeah. you know well you know and, and even culture you know i don't i don't ever like i'm one to be very careful with wherever God has placed me, I, I, I don't like to speak of my position. For I don't sure. call myself the pastor. I don't tell people you need to do this because the, God gives you a mantle that you, you, you really don't have to say that if you're, if, if you've got that mantle and then people see that on you and they are, they are actually pushing aside the very scriptures in Ephesians when it says, and God gave some pastors, mm. yes. preachers, you know, the evangelists, the teachers, the helpers. So they come from God and, and you, you can't deny that I follow. Matter of fact, next month I get to spend time with one of my favorite pastors of all time. And I come under his, uh, experience. He's been through many more fights than I have. And so that's, that's why I look to his experience, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I know what you're saying in that, that everybody can hear from God on their own, which is why we have so many breakout living room churches and stuff. But, um, even then they start inviting people to those and they want to grow. And then churches are born out of that, you know, in storefronts, but fact, the matter is God gave some, Yeah, you know, (laughs) that's good. Yeah. And I just, I, I feel like when you're, when you reject the ones that God has given, you are rejecting the word that is given to that. Yeah. Cause that's in well. the word and Ephesians, yeah, you know, that's right. I didn't choose this. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I wanted to play rock and roll, you know, yeah. when I was a kid, I'm a drummer and, yeah. and I, you know, I 
but you know, when you have burning bush experience, you, you can't ever forget that burning bush. God came to you and said, this is what you're doing and puts yeah. that mantle on you, you know, it's good. So that's good. Well, let's get into this, man. Let's get into a little bit of the, uh, things that I've heard recently about the word of God that, that showcases to me a lack of understanding. Sure. Um, it definitely showcases a lack of importance that people are putting on the word of God. Yep. Just a lot of this is going to be basic, simple stuff. But one of the things that I know, and a lot of this came from, from my heart too, just as a kid, just not knowing how to read the word. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. I, I, I do think, and I've, I've said this often to tell somebody to here's, here's the Bible, go read it without a relationship with the Holy spirit is extremely dangerous. Sure. It can be, you know, right? because there's mm-hmm. things in there that without the Holy spirit's unction and guidance, you're right. going to think God is, his character is not who his character is, you know, apart from mm-hmm. the Holy spirit. And so I sure. do think that there there's a place for discipleship with the word and there's a place for like leading people into a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with the Bible. How would, how would you encourage somebody who's, who's fresh in this? Maybe they're, they've just come to the Lord. Maybe they've, mm-hmm. they've just come to church for the first time, or maybe they've called mm-hmm. themselves a Christians for a long time, but they've never had a, a relationship with the word. How would you encourage them to start reading the Bible? Is this, oh. is, is this something where you say, start from the beginning, you know, read them in chronological order. Do you, do you just sure. pick a place or what, what do you think on that? Um, well, I, what I can share is basically what, what we do in our church is we have three, three growth paths and it's, it's on our app. We have one where you're, you're brand new in the faith. And so yeah, get a Bible, but along with that, we give them, uh, or make available a book that will direct them into the different categories where they need to build a foundation first. So like you're saying, not just pushing them to the Bible, say, here, read this without any knowledge. Um, Here's what you need to know about salvation. Here's what you need to know about water baptism. Here's what you need to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here's what you need to know about worship, um, serving, all these things. And it directs them to certain portions of scripture. Once they come through that, you know, and, and directing them where to read, then they start kind of getting an understanding of the different areas of the word and and uh, where they can draw from for that knowledge. Then we have kind of a second growth path where we do a, uh, it's up to 24 weeks, actually, we call it our foundations class that directs them into a little bit more growth, you know. Uh, and then even for the seasoned Christian, we have what we call level three, which is our Fire on the Plains Bible Institute. And these are, to answer your question, just ways that we came up with you know, for what you're asking. Um, These are focused studies that you're not just going to read the word of God through, but they're focused studies on fasting, um, demonology, healing, uh, you know, revelation and, and end times. And there's like over 40 of them. And so we give them a book where they take an open book test at the end of that, but they study the scripture along with it. And then I feel like to answer your question, once you get through maybe level one and, and even two, you could move into reading the word of God through. But I do agree that there needs to be some um, a direction to, you know, the word for yeah. someone that doesn't know. And, and I think there's a lot of great resources out there for that, yeah. uh, that give direction to where to start 
get some foundation before you just try to read the Bible straight through. And then even if you read the Bible through, there's plenty of apps for that. I like the ones that uh, give you a little bit of Old Testament, a little yeah. bit of New Testament, and then a Psalm and a Proverb in the middle to tie them together. And you can have one of your reading programs. We have them on our app and on and on our website as well. Um, but, you know, to say to say that answer your question, too, I, I must say that I think one of the most important things that Christians neglect is they say, well, you know, I read the Bible through in the year. And if you're not careful, that that can become a daily chore of like, ah, you know, I'm behind five days or whatever. And and you go and you read, but you're 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 just you may get a few things out of it. But I think there needs to be a pause in there where you memorize scripture. It's good. Yeah. When you read the word, that's great. And you should. But I think there needs to be a back in 1955 children's church where you they used to give you rungs on badges you would wear to church that you had memorized scriptures and stuff. There's some scripture that I memorized when I was back in as soon as God, they had Royal Rangers, yeah. which is like uh boy Scouts, you know, for Christians and their scriptures still, I remember this day that I memorized back then that when I've been going through battles, I, it comes out of me. I just yeah. say, well, but the word of God says, That's right. so when you talk about read the word of God, I have to, for what I know in my spirit, say that there has got to be a memorizing of the word of God, a verse at a time, so that when you're facing circumstances or facing, as I say, a giant uh, or, you know, any type of trial, you have the Holy Spirit in you has something to work with. Yes. So if you're just a daily Bible reader trying to read it through, can you recall some key scriptures, you know, because Mark 11, 23, 24, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things that he says will come to pass. He will have whatsoever he said. So many a time in my life, I've been able to say, well, God, Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, and, and I would say, I'm believing God for this. And I, I know this because Jesus said in Mark 11, 23 and 24, you need to have some reference points in your reading to go back to and memorize scripture. I think it's so vitally important to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. Yeah, I had this cool uh, this cool phrase go through my head last week about the the Word of God empowers the Holy Spirit inside of me. So it's like mm -hmm. the Word of God is like the bullets to the gun. You know, it's like the it's the, yes. With, without that, it's it's an, it's an empty. It's it is. Chamber, and, you know, you know, that whole culture that says, you know, we have the Holy Spirit now. So, I, you know, I don't need the written word. I, I've got the, you know, I've got the rhema. When Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, what did he say about the Holy Spirit? He said, he will be your comfort, your helper, and he will remind you of the words I have spoken. The, the very purpose of the Holy Spirit Jesus defined for us is to remind us of what God said in his word. Yeah. You cannot neglect that, That's you right. know. That's good. That's good. I want to, how has, the, the idea of having a biblical worldview, mm -hmm. what does that, what does that mean to you? I feel like it's extremely important um, in, in times like this, in the culture, mm -hmm. in this generation for, for our young people, for my kids, my children to have a, a, a healthy biblical worldview. I, I want to know your, your thoughts, maybe define that for us. Sure. What do you think biblical worldview means? What, what's that mean? Cause you'll hear well, it a lot from, 
Uh, you do. Uh-huh. I, I don't know that everybody understands what it really means. Right. Well, you know, when you think about just the worldview, that is, I guess, in essence, a framework of what you think reality is. And so, you know, it's vital for the believer to know that the framework of reality is the word of God. So, you know, to bring back to our focus, what we're saying. So it's not in current events. It's, it's the, a biblical worldview reality is the word of God. So if you're going to have a biblical worldview, I, I wrote down four things that I've learned that you have to have within a biblical worldview. Yeah, that's good. And that that's origin and meaning, morality, and destiny. So a biblical worldview has to include those four things to satisfy anybody that wants to have a correct worldview. So origin is how did I get here? The word of God finds that meaning is why am I here? That's the purpose behind your life. Morality, and I've just referred to my notes that I've written down here, yeah, no, that's great. are how do I define good and evil? And then you have destiny, which is what happens to me after death. So a biblical worldview is based on the infallible word of God. And when you believe the Bible is entirely true, then you allow it to be the foundation for everything that you believe. So I did a, gosh, I think it was like a seven or eight week series. Um, I think it was the beginning of this year uh, called The Big Picture. So I talked about how people have, um, sometimes they come to church and they, they've they been raised in church here or there, maybe even attended all their life, but they just have pieces of the puzzle. They know, you know, in the Bible that God is a God of healing because of Isaiah 53. Yeah. Um, they know I'm supposed to repent. And, you know, of my sin, according to Acts 319, um, they know that Adam and Eve in the the front of the Bible and, you know, horses at the end of the Bible. They really don't know how to put all the pieces together. So I I talked about a biblical worldview as a puzzle box that to be able to put all the pieces together, you've got to look at the front of the puzzle box that has the picture of everything right there. And, you know how to build the pieces together. So to me, having a a correct biblical worldview is to be able to put all the puzzle pieces together of the reality of what God is doing now and what he has done. So within that series, uh, we did what I call the triangle uh, of biblical worldview. And there are five major events that in ascending order, all the way up to Jesus Christ, you know, the turning point that we called of from the old Testament to the new, uh, they those five major events in ascending order actually mirror the exact same five events in descending order. Quick. I was hoping that you'd get into that a little bit. Go through, those yeah. Quick. And I obviously, if I had a dry erase marker, I'd just draw on my sign back here or something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it basically was at if you picture a triangle, and if you want to have a correct biblical worldview, it's very easy because not only can you have a correct biblical worldview through this, but you can also know where, where God's going in the future. So the very first of the five major events was that um, sin enters into the world. And so you've got God and and man in the garden, basically is what it was. It was uh, God and man in paradise. And then the second major event was that sin and Satan enter. So Satan brings sin and, and everything falls apart. That's the second major event in ascending order. Then the third was the one world government, which was where they had the Tower of Babel, um, and God pretty much, uh, well, no, actually let me back up. It's man in paradise. I'm trying to do this here. 
Second was Satan and sin. No, it's okay. Satan <laughs> and sin enter the world. The third major event was that uh, the world was judged and destroyed yes. by the flood. And then the fourth was the one world government and the Tower of Babel. And then fifth was the 12 tribes of Israel. And, yep. and God, you know, established his 12 tribes. Then we have at the top of the triangle was the turning point, which is Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four Gospels, tell the story of Jesus. And then in descending order, it mirrors the events. So you have uh, where you have the 12 tribes of Israel on this side. Now you have the church because Jesus formed the church. And it was the 12 tribes was God's holy people. The church is God's holy people. Good. And then in descending order, which was it? Uh, it was from, uh, let's see. The one world government. That's right. Now the one world government seems imminent. You know, we've talked about it for years and Conspiracy it seems ludicrous. Theories, bro. Conspiracy but theories. now, now it seems, you know, obvious there's going to be a one world government. And then the next one in descending order is that the world is, is judged and destroyed by fire. And then the fourth thing in descending order for your biblical worldview is Satan and sin exit, which we're all, you know, waiting for that moment when God kicks yeah. Satan out. And then the last thing at the very end, which mirrors God yes. and man in paradise, it'll again be God and redeemed man Back in paradise. So it gives you this whole, I guess, timetable of what God has done and what he's doing to show you a correct worldview. Everything that's happening um, is within the word of God. So we 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 just believe the infallible word of God um for what reality is and has been so if good. that makes sense yeah i'm gonna put a link a link to that sermon and there's like what eight or nine of them you did something like that yeah called the but big picture yep. each one you basically went through that triangle so i'm gonna i'm gonna probably link the first one in the, the show notes to this yeah episode. that'd so be people, great people can check it out for themselves but yeah it's so it's you know the world's gonna tell you that it's crazy it's crazy to to base everything off of the, the Bible, off of, you know, what we call the word of God. And a lot of the things that they're going to say about that is that it was written by imperfect men, right? We right. call it the infallible inspired <clears throat> word of God, but a lot of the world is going to say, why is it that important when it's, it's written by imperfect men who, sure. who, who surely, you know, screwed this up somewhere? What, how do you how do you respond to that? Well, the way I respond to that is obviously my preaching. When I refer to my preaching is is that I spent you know x amount of hours studying to hone down on these exact things. So uh, please understand when I refer to I preached a series here that it's because well that was my full study on this That's subject right. you know yeah. and so I presented. So I I also did a series a couple of years ago called Believe, which was a Christmas theme you know you see that believe and they're obviously they're talking about believe in santa and all that yeah, yeah, yeah. you know which is cool uh i believe in santa claus when i was little too some of my best memories but i took it as a, a you know a, a theme of believe uh you got to believe uh the word of god was one of them that it's the infallible word of god so i preached the whole message on on exactly this this question and so to tackle this as quickly as possible, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is God-breathed or inspired by God, okay, and is useful for doctrine, reproof, correction, training, righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped to every good work. 
And then in first Peter chapter one, verse 20, it says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation mm. for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy spirit. So if you're going to believe that the word of God is the word of God, you have to believe that by faith, which is the fact that holy men of God were, were pawns in the way that the Holy Spirit, God breathed through them exactly what God wanted to say. So what I what I talked about, and I just grabbed one of the notes from my sermon on that, is that uh, Buddha's book is based on uh, a sermon from one man. Even the Quran is, is the writings from one man, which did a whole series on coexisted, an 80-hour study on, on the world religions. And we talked about yeah. how Everything out of the Quran came from one man, Muhammad, who sat in a cave, um, tried to kill himself three times. Um, and they were from Muhammad's book, the Quran, only 23 years of his life, the whole Quran was written. And from the time he was 40 to the time that he died at age 63, and his sayings were comprised after his after his death by writers that had been around him and that were writing like scribes after he died. So that's the Quran. And each work was from one man over a short period of time. The Bible, let's talk about this for a second, is 66 books written by over 40 authors over 1,500 years. Mm. And there is a single thread that runs through the entire book with zero discrepancies. That in and of itself, if someone were to look at that from a historical perspective, which there's plenty of historical documents that coincide with what the Bible says as well, um, Josephus is one of them, uh, without one discrepancy, you know, if there had been, the world tears things apart all the time, yeah. but no one has ever been able to disprove one thing about what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, they begin writing the Bible in about 1450 to 1480 BC, and they continued to the late first century, about 70 AD, 1500 years, 40 different writers, and just just the collusion factor alone is what's amazing. Yeah. Um, it, it'd be incredible for 40 writers over one lifetime to be so coherent and cohesive, but this was over 1500 years without discrepancy. And then you have the prophecies and I'll be as quickly as possible, but I just got to get this out for those who think that the word of God is just a book. Um, it'd be incredible for 40 writers over one lifetime to be so coherent, co cohesive, but this was over 1500 years without discrepancy. Then you have the prophecies that have been written that were already fulfilled. Um, Isaiah and Micah both wrote 700 years before Jesus was born, that he would be born of a virgin. Uh, Micah named the city where he would be born 700 years before he was born. Zechariah describes in detail how Jesus would die, which is historical as well alongside the Bible. David even wrote about the crucifixion a thousand years before Christ was crucified. And even 500 years before crucifixion was even invented. Yeah. And you see how the Romans carried on with crucifixion, how they did it. Um, Isaiah and David both describe it hundreds of years before crucifixion was invented. David said a thousand years before it happened that, that they would gamble for his clothing. Um, how could Micah, David, Zechariah, Isaiah, Daniel write these things in detail how they would happen unless they had been divinely inspired so good. by God. So somebody might say one of the things that I 
that I covered in this in this series was how do I know it's true? My my return to that is how do you know it's not true? It would be easy to disprove the word of God if you could disprove it. There would be discrepancies like the Bible said that a certain city was 500 miles away and they'd come in and say, well, it's actually 50, but it's never been done on any level. Has anything been disproved for what the Bible said? Um, I wrote down one thing. Uh, Dr. Bruce Metzger from Princeton Theological Seminary said this. After you take the 20,000 lines of the New Testament, it is safe for any scholar to say that 99.6% of the Bible has been corroborated by other historical wow. documents. That's from Princeton. So, yeah. I mean, I, what else can you say? Yeah, it's, it's efficient. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, you know, and I, one of the guys I follow is uh, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and he was, he was going off about this one time. He's like, you really think that if, if this book wasn't God inspired, that they wouldn't mm-hmm. have shut it down already? Like, right. This thing's yeah. been going strong and it's the most popular book of all years. time for, yeah. for all that time. And, yep. you know, you look at all these communist countries that do what? They eliminate that book. Like they go right. after that book. For what reason? It's sure. full of power. Like it exactly. empowers the reader. And Which, so, w- why wouldn't it be Satan's objective to shift even the modern Christians away from the word of God? That's you right. know, so. And that's why, that's why I've, I still have a very healthy, excitement for america you know mm-hmm. we, we are we are we are we teetering on on some some pagan looking stuff absolutely right it is never going to go satan's way as long as the church is here and as long as the word of god is right. is prevalent and able to be yep gotten his hands on you know well it's so, what jesus said i and i know you're probably heading into another question but it just comes to mind when I'm, the holy spirit just moves on me in these times and yeah Jesus spun around to Peter when he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, who, who am I? Who, who did men yeah. say I am? He said, I, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus spins around and says, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father who is in heaven and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Like That's you're right. saying. That's right. So he wasn't saying upon you, Peter, the rock, he's saying upon that revelation that you just spoke of that's good i will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against that my church. word that you just received from the father mm-hmm. from nobody yep. else yeah yep that's good you hit on it a little bit but i've i want to continue with it the idea of the rhema word which is the now word the hearing the voice mm-hmm. of god word and yep. the logos which is the written word of god i've heard yep. a lot of people discounting the logos word of god because we now have the holy spirit sure. that these these authors that wrote this book didn't even have the holy spirit the way that we have access to the holy spirit so if i have that what's what isn't that greater isn't that more isn't that um more important for me to go after the the rhema the now stuff as opposed to the old school written word of God? Sure. Well, it kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning of Jesus saying the entire purpose of the Holy Spirit. I, I shouldn't say entire, but he said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And you would think that Jesus is about to tell you the most important thing about the Holy Spirit when he describes them. And he yeah. did. Yeah. He says, he will remind you of the words I have said. <laughs> yes. And And so what God has spoken, he gave it to us 
the promises to move forward. When I look at the word of God and, and Hebrews 4.12, I think it is, it says it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Um, that sword, when you think about that, it's a two-edged sword because on one side of the sword, you have the blade of the Logos word and the other side, you have the blade of the Rhema word. Yeah. So them together is what causes the piercing of the enemy. It's a two-edged sword. Yeah. It's not a one-edged sword that, or it's not two different swords where I've, you know, I'm going to grab the rhema and run with it. No, no, no. He said the word of God's a two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. And so there's logos and there's rhema. So there's logos, the written word of God. And then rhema, you know, the, the personal relationship that you have with God, hearing the voice of God. Um, not everybody has that for several years after they've known Christ, they've got to have the foundation of the logos to stand on and they learn the voice of, of the, the, the Lord. I mean, look at Elijah, great man of God, right? It's all through the word of God, but God had to bring him to a point later in his life where he was even really hearing the still small voice. Yeah, you know, uh, you think about Moses in, in the word of God. Um, he's, he's still learning. He's tripping over his beard, but he's still learning to go with what God has, has said in speak to the rock now, instead of strike the rock later. And it takes some, some people many, many years to have Rhema, you know, uh, or to recognize it. Not everybody's yeah. the same. That yeah. word of God logos is so vitally important. Um, that second Timothy three sixteen seventeen 17, I keep referring to that all scripture is God breathed and is useful for doctrine, reproof, correction, training in righteousness. That's kind of a big one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then it then it follows up by saying that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you take that last phrase, you're not going to be able to be complete without the logos and or thoroughly equipped to every good work because yeah. good works are what we go in and do. We take territory from the enemy and without the word of God, the written word of God saying, God said this, you can't take territory, not just off of a raiment. You got to have both, both sides of that end of that sword. And I'll, I'll say this, I'll share this to a, actually a, a one month old testimony of my personal life. Now this may seem silly to some people, but uh, you know, uh, you overcome the enemy by sharing your testimony. And I'm not exactly trying to right. be overly spiritual, but there are times in my life where I can look back and I can say, that was the voice of God. I should have recognized it, yeah. you know, and I'm learning to hear that voice, even in my personal details of life, because God cares about the details of your life. And, and, you know, again, I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but there's times when God can speak to you about the smallest of things because he cares, you know? And so, so many times we think of the rhema word from God as this, it's a prophecy. It's a this, it's a that, you know, sometimes God speaks to you in that still small voice, you know, and I, I'm, I would consider myself uh, fairly seasoned in the things of God. I've grown up in this thing. You know, my father being an evangelist for nine years, I spent probably five nights a week in church, my first 12 years of life. Uh, and then starting the church coming on staff at, at 17, I've been here all my life. I'm 47. I've heard it all, seen it all. Well, something as simple as learning the voice of God, even at this stage in my life, I have here in my office, a 75 gallon tank and I've got piranhas. Well, I had piranhas up till a month ago. They're only about seven years old and they live to be like 25. 
And I, I, I love those little guys. I named them Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. <laughs> Anytime there's a wayward kid in 180, I bring them in and threaten to put their hand in the t- No, I don't do that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I spend so many nights when everything cools down. I like to come here. I've got this huge beanbag in my office. And I, this is where I kind of sometimes receive the word of God, or I'm typing out my word for Sunday, or I've had my prayer is in my office. And, you know, even my wellness doctor has said that get an aquarium, the fish swimming around is one of the top things for just calming and just, you know, so I've got them right here in front of me and, and they meant something to me. I mean, I had them since they were just dime size and they're kind of pets, you know, they recognize me when I come in and, you know, everybody, you know, loves pets and they, they, you know, understand the attachment to them and that it's just been i've spent hundreds of nights here so i go to walmart about three weeks ago and i always feed them live fish but i was i didn't have time to buy live fish and i knew they were hungry so i bought little these little food sticks um from walmart well i came in my office and when i opened it the seal was peeled back and i was like it was the only one they had all the other pet stores were closed and i already felt bad for not feeding the fish and I, I literally, now this is, this seems super spiritual, but I, I'm just going about my whatever and I'm walking over and I start to get ready to, and I stop because I literally heard, do not feed that food to your fish. And I was like, is that God? I mean, is that, you yeah. know, I'm just, eh. and then it's, I literally stopped because I, that just came in my head. I'm like, well, later on, I, I think that was God. I know that was God because I, I poured some food in and. I, uh, I walked out, did some things. And and then that was Saturday night. I came in Sunday morning. They were all dead and all, all three of them were dead. I mean, they're, they're big fish too. And it killed them, whatever's in that, in that food. And I just, I paused in the same spot I was in in my office. And I thought God cared enough because he knows that I like those fish. You know I mean? They were like my pets. (laughs) He spoke to me in that moment, I guess you could say Rama, you know? Um, and I was just like, uh, you know, and I just, I did that. I, I say all that to say, I'm still learning, you know, hearing that voice of the Rama, you yeah. know, yeah. at my stage, when someone's new in Christ, they've got to have the logos. And I refer back to the personal experiences of my life. When I've gone through a fight, I'm going to say 90% of the time, it wasn't me standing there waiting on God to speak something. What are you saying to me now? What do I do? Do I put a rock in my sling? What do yeah. I no, it was me standing on a logos word that got me through the fire, you know? And, uh, so the Rama, you can't just go on Rama. I'm still learning the Rama, yeah. you know? Um, but you, you know, gotta I, have both edges, both sides of the sword. Yeah. And I, I feel like what, what happens is we, we think of the, the written word of God, the logos, we, we think of it as like old school, you know, like that's the way that, the the disciples wrote it they didn't even have it you know all the all these things Mm -hmm. but it's like why would we why would we think that since we have the holy spirit inside of us that it's not better to have both you know Mm -hmm. like like the the best for the people of god would be we have the logos we have the word of god and we have access to the rama we have access Mm -hmm. to holy spirit's guidance you know, that's, that sounds best, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's but why in, you said but instead we, we take sword. <laughs> one and we cut off the other because it's mm-hmm. old school 
it's not the best. <laughs> no. And I feel like we're we're missing out on the yeah. fullness of God because I want I want it all, bro. Like I want yep. both. If I yep. can if if God can if God says that's why I'm not a sensation a cessationist, you know? I want like if the gifts are available, I want them. Right. If he's telling me to desire the gifts, I'm going to desire the gifts. Right. If, if I hear that this is the inspired word of God, yep. heck yeah, I want it a part of my life. Yeah. You know, if I hear what? that the Holy Spirit's inside of me and he wants to move and guide, heck yeah. Why would I <laughs> yep. cut off one just because we have yeah. another? You know? Or why would you try to take that double-edged sword and dull one side so yes. I'm just going with this? I, yeah. Uh, you know, if you believe the word of God, if the person says, yeah, we just need the raiment. Do you still believe the full word of God? Right. Yeah. Probably. Is it, yes. Is okay. It now not inspired. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. Why yeah. did he say in Deuteronomy, this word of the law shall not depart from your? And he says, mouth. Matter of fact, Joshua. He says it in Joshua, this word shall not depart out of your mouth. You speak the word of God. Yeah. But he also said in the word, if you if you believe the word, he said you will you should talk about this. When you're sitting down, when you're rising up, when you're on the road, when you when you are walking, it says, and then it will be like frontlets between, you know, you know, the phylacteries between your eyes and and on your wrists or palms. He says, don't let it depart from you. It's got to be a part of you because yeah. God uses the logos to speak the rhema to you. He, he always will. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. so good. Why? Why is it important, man? What what's going to happen to the, the the people of God when they come to a place where they begin to prioritize the Word of God? We talked about last time the the importance of prioritizing the house of God, and there's mm -hmm. so many benefits, right, to to being a part of a healthy body of Christ and being a part of you know the the movement of God's people and not not living solo lives, you know. What in your in, in your view you're talking to somebody right now like maybe just speak to that person right now who's kind of teetering like man is this important you know is this something that i should focus on or, or make make a priority in my life give us your pitch man like why is it important right now for those people to to yes make because it, it is prioritizing something is an action on my part right mm -hmm. me doing it doesn't make it any greater or any less like it's the word of god it's right it's great right but it's only going to be impactful in my life if i participate in it like it mm -hmm. it takes me doing something so there's an right. action behind it sure so for me right now you're talking to me why why prioritize the word yeah. in your life yeah if if you if let's say for instance just following up from what we were just talking about solely go on the rhema the enemy can bring greater doubt to your life if you if you're solely going on rhema because he'll say did was that really god that said that were you did, did you did hear god from really god say. was that was that a rhema word and and then you find yourself standing on doubt and you're in the arena of doubt when you have the logos word of god in your life and you're going to a church that is preaching the uncompromised word of god where you're challenged where the truth is being preached and you're coming away with some scriptures I, like I try when I preach the word of God, I'm not trying to put a plug in for our church, but I try to have 30 to 50 scriptures every yes. Sunday in yep. the word so that you can grab something out of there where you're like, man, I didn't really know 
that that's what the word, man, I see the whole perspective now. So when you have a logos in your life and you prioritize the word of God, you are cutting out the arena of doubt of doubt Good. because God said it yeah. and he's not a liar. The Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. So everything in that logos, the only way that you doubt that is if you just stop believing it, it's the word of God. If you believe the word of God, then why it's important for you to have it in your life is because it eliminates doubt. If you believe Jesus Christ, son of God, you accept him in your heart. He becomes your savior. It's belief and, conf and confession that comes to salvation according to Romans 10, 9 and 10. Yeah. When you believe the word of God, the foundation of what you are, it cuts doubt out because God said it and yeah. he's not going to lie. You trust that the, that logos word is your foundation, you know? And you also can't take, you can't take away the idea of faith, right? Like this whole thing, this whole thing is a faith walk. Mm -hmm. Like right. if I don't, if I don't allow room for faith when it comes to reading the word of God or understanding the word of God or moving forward in the word of God, then it's, it's not even Christianity. Like it, faith has to be included with this thing, right? Like right. faith yep. is like the propeller in this thing that gets going. So yep. am I going to understand everything I read? Probably not, but right. Holy spirit through, through my Sorry. faith yep. is going to, is going to, make this something that I can apply to my life. And that's part yeah. of that biblical worldview too, right? Is like, yeah, I can actually take this word and apply it to my life because I'm seeing things through that lens yep. of the word of God. That's where faith comes from. According yeah. to the word is yeah. by hearing the word of God. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I tell teenagers all the time when I'm ministering to them that everything comes by hearing, you know, every spirit, everything that you you know, if you hear that this type of music, your temptation comes here when you hear, you know, these political views or the agendas, that's where beliefs come from. But anyway, faith, even faith itself comes by hearing the word of God. Yeah. The way you view so, yourself, you know, what what voices you're listening to, what what mm -hmm. things you're allowing to come in your ear holes, you know, yeah. can dictate yep. how you see yourself, how you see the world around you. Yep. It's good. And I think there's going to be some some freedom, and that's one of the things too that you're set free by truth. You know, yeah. And I want to. I want to. I, I know you're a you're playing the humble card, and that's that's good. Good for you. I'm glad you're doing that. One of the things that I love about you, and I love about our church, is your willingness to just <coughs> unleash the truth mm -hmm. of the Word of God, mm -hmm. and I can speak to this and I'll, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this. I, I come from hyper charismatic culture a lot of times where it's the, the soaking culture and it's just, you know, it's all, all spirit, all spirit, all spirit. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love the spirit, love Holy spirit. It's a gift. He's here for us. That's awesome. Yep. Right. But when there's, when there's no truth, it's, I, and this is just me. I'm, I'm not, finding any verses that explain this but for me that hyper charismatic stuff just added weight it added like um pressure it added like you know comparison stuff it just added so mm -hmm. if i would go to a service that was all hyper charismatic all <clears throat> spirit all spirit all spirit i left weighty mm -hmm. you know i left like sure. heavy right but the word says that his burden is 
light and his yoke is easy and he Mm -hmm. is the truth right Mm -hmm. so when i came into our church it was everything that i was looking for because i could come in maybe weighty and heavy and having heard the truth like a a water you know fire hydrant of truth yep i leave light like there's nothing because I'm, i'm 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 coming with my burdens and i'm leaving with the word yeah, it's light. Like there's no, yep. and I think part of that is there's no pressure. It is this is his words, not mine. Right. You know, this isn't sure. Devin. This isn't yep. somebody just making up. This is God's yep. word. I can right. see it for myself. I can believe it for myself. Sure. And then at some point, it's like that's the way it is, and yeah. it's just lighter with that. I that, I think that that's yeah, because it does make sense immediately because the word of God is a sword and it pierces and divides it it, that's what it does it it cuts that away it divides asunder it brings the truth to those things that are resting on your shoulders you know and and if it i want to be known for a man of the word because if you're going to get in a pulpit and speak i am i get i'm just going to turn it off or i'm going to go watch a movie if you're pulling out a butter knife sermon or a you know it's just a plastic knife here you got this speaking yeah. you know, barely speaking any word <laughs> just a bunch of positive ideas yeah. but if you're going to speak the word it's a two-edged sword and when you pull that sucker out you something you're cut. Yeah. something's going to be cut and and that's the word of god is strong it's yeah. sharp it says you know that's it's good. not you know it's well let's just kind of dull it down a little bit no the word of god is sharp it's yeah. going to cut that stuff off your shoulders like you said you know yeah which is why i say in finishing we have to have a balance of worship and the word, yeah. you know, because yeah. uh, he he inhabits the praises of his people. And then speaking of the word, the balance of that is, is I think, so that's important. what's going to set people free. Right. Mm-hmm. The truth yep. will set you free. Knowing so we, the we truth. We welcome yep. him. We welcome yep. the truth into the room. He comes. He inhabits yes. our area. We share his presence. And then yep. he's got something to say. You know, yeah, and that what he says coming from the 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 mouth of a man usually is that's going to set me free, and that's mm-hmm. to me that's how you incorporate the word of God into a a structured <laughs> service is right. We're setting the stage for the king to speak, All right? <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? Yeah, and we 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 have seen that inversed a little bit to where it's. We're going to set the stage and set the stage and set the stage and set the stage and set the stage. Yeah. He's here. Yeah. Now what? He's yeah. Let, let him talk, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thy word is a lamp into my feet, okay. a light into where I'm going, my path. Yeah. So that whole, there's a whole nother thing too there about the, yeah. just living on Rhema. Well, yeah. David, a man after God's own heart said, the word is going to light your path. You so know? good. Thy word, you know? It's so good. So Thank you, bro. Hey, absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, I am no, so thankful no for worries. being able to have somebody that appreciates the things of God. And that's, yeah. my whole, that's my whole key. That's my whole goal in this. What I want to call a series is helping people prioritize the things of God. And um, man, people are going to be set free. You know, people are going to be yep. set free when they begin sure. to take this stuff seriously. Yep. You know, 
No, man, I'm I'm always happy. That's why I was like, when we were like, well, you said something about maybe I missed my window for December, and I was like, man, let's make it work because yeah. I want to help with what what you're doing. And That's I so good. All right, all right, man. Appreciate well, you, I'll man. Uh, hook up with you. I guess tomorrow then. All right, thanks, all right, man. See you. Yeah.